and welcome back. Today, we are going to dig into how different thinking or divergent thinking can really bring about more creative ideas. It can bring about more inspiration and it can help us lead to coming up with solutions or ideas that we wouldn't have otherwise thought of. So that is what we're going to dig in today because it's so important that we use our creativity and our you know, skill set in order to think a little differently, to come up with solutions and ideas. It is time for us to tap into our creativity, wonder, and our curiosity. Are you ready to experience more joy, happiness, and purpose in your life? Then this is the show for you. When we get out of routine and into wonder, we tap into our creative genius. We are going to get unstuck. We're going to step out of our comfort zones with activities, tips, and ideas, and we are going to stretch ourselves and step into our best lives possible. Join me each week for a creative detour that you can take in your own life to really step up your creativity and your abundance. Grab your notebook, your colored pencils, and get ready to be creative. With me, your host, Kristen Fitch of Creative Detours. Okay, let's dive right in. All right, so the first thing to know is that often when we are trying to come up with solutions or we're trying to come up with a new idea or how we're going to execute on an idea, we can get stuck in the same pattern of how we've done things before, or we limit ourselves, right? We limit what ideas we can come up with because we're thinking of a very, in a very linear way. So it was J.P. Guilford in the 1950s, a psychologist who came up with the ideas of convergent and divergent thinking. And convergent thinking is more linear and it follows a set, kind of more of a step process. Whereas divergent or different thinking is basically more of a free flow of ideas. It's more spontaneous and often a lot more ideas or possible solutions are we can come up with. And so I'm going to talk about why it's really important to stretch ourselves and to think differently, to be more divergent in our thinking. And I'm going to give you a few steps that you can use to try to stretch yourself when you're problem solving. So you can apply this to your own business. You can apply this if you have a full-time job. You can even apply this to your home life. For instance, we recently, uh, my husband and sons just put together some raised garden beds for me or for us. And we were going to purchase some of the metal raised beds uh, this fall, but we were going to wait on that because you know each of them ends up adding up and we had to still clear the space and things. Well, we had a lot of extra Trex wood, which is that plastic wood pulp um, type boards. We had lots of extras from our deck from years ago. And so I'd ask, couldn't we use that to create these raised beds? We already had it. And he said, oh, absolutely. And so they created three raised beds for me. There, some of them are around seven feet to maybe seven feet by three feet. And I think they're maybe just under two feet tall. But anyways, he made a couple and they're different uh, sizes, but they're all about that that big. The point though is, is that's divergent thinking. Like what solutions could we come up with that we didn't even have to spend money? We just had to put in the time and then the effort of, you know, the elbow grease to make them. Okay. So there was an experiment done at some point and I don't remember who did it, but they basically had a group of people take a paper clip and write down how many ideas, um, how many uses were there for this paper clip? When they just asked that question, I think a lot of people put between 10 and 15. But when they used, um, when they kind of prefaced it, prefaced it with divergent thinking concepts, 
people were writing down lists all the way to 200, right? Because they were more open to solutions, more open to the possibilities. And I'm going to give you a couple ideas of how you can have more divergent thinking in your, you know, your schedule and your day so that you can have better solutions and better ideas that you can then implement. So the first thing that I like is um, in Mark Batterson's book, Draw the Circle, he talks about another book called Geeks and Geezers, which was by or is by Warren Bennis and Robert Thomas. And this is what they say in their book about, um, well, they're talking about divergent thinking, but they call um, people that are really good at this first class noticers. And so this is what Warren and Robert say. Being a first class noticer allows you to recognize talent identify opportunities, and avoid pitfalls. Leaders who succeed again and again are geniuses at grasping context. This is one of those characteristics like taste that is different, uh, I'm sorry, that is difficult to break down into its component parts. But the ability to weigh a welter of factors, some as subtle as how very different groups of people will interpret a gesture, is one of the hallmarks of a true leader. And so anyways, he um, and then Mark Batterson just basically goes on to explain that if we can be world-class noticers, both in our own lives and also in our spiritual lives, how important that is, right? So that we're not just seeing with our physical eyes, but it's our spiritual eyes, our intuition, right? We're using all the parts of us to notice things. So the first thing we can do to have more, more divergent thinking, more creative thinking, and more you know, different thinking, if you will, is to be first-class noticers. So how do we do this? We'll start paying more attention to what's going on around you. Pay more attention to the details, right? So one of the skills or qualities of divergent thinking is to be more detail-oriented. So pay attention. Pay attention to body language. Pay attention to colors. Pay attention to how uh, a a product works and how they have similar, you know, product mechanics. So for instance, I don't know if you've had the same frustration, but for many years, right, when you open uh, maybe a food bag, right, that maybe has the resealable top, much like a Ziploc bag, that's great. But a lot of times it doesn't match back up and it's so irritating. So some companies came up with where it's the two lines that you match up, right? Like the groove and then the the area that pushes out. That's definitely better. But then in more recent time, I've noticed that some companies, and I'm sure it's patented, have actually taken their bags like of shredded cheese or whatever it might be. And they're putting in, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like Velcro, how Velcro works. So it grabs, you know, one side to the other, you know. And it works so much better. It stays sealed, which means it stays fresher. But notice these things. That would be being um, a first-class noticer, right? Some people just get their cheese out or their bag and reseal it or try to. But start noticing how they're using these same product uh, qualities or characteristics onto other products, right? It's the same with other things. Like, for instance, one way that I'm a first-class noticer or, you know, try to work on this area is if I'm about to work on a project, whether it has to do with an online project or whether it's, you know, coming up with um, book, you know, or article content or whatever, I take my, my general idea and then I go looking for ideas in different industries to see what are people doing. 
what are they, what are their sites look like or what are their products look like? Right. In other words, I tried to get those creative uses flowing by having an idea in mind or at least a direction I'm going. And I look at all different industries for examples or inspiration. And I'm not looking to take that idea. I'm looking for it to inspire me, to inform me so that then I can come together with all the different things I've seen and experienced and come up with other ideas. So that's the first thing that we can do is notice more details so that later you can use all of that knowledge as you're coming up with creative uh, solutions or creative problem solving. Okay, up next, what else can you do to be uh, a more divergent thinker, right? To use this in your, um, your daily practice or your weekly practice. Ask more questions. So for instance, I was on a call earlier and we were talking about um, something the person was working on and what I was interpreting and what I think they were envisioning were so different. So I started asking questions and I started telling them what, you know, where I was concerned with this thing. And as we asked questions, as we dug into it, we came up with something completely different. That if I didn't ask questions and I only listened and took notes on the meeting and, and I didn't challenge it at all, we wouldn't have diverged from the original idea or concept. So don't be afraid to, you know, some people might say devil's advocate, but ask questions because you're curious, because you're truly trying to determine, is this the best thing? Or could there be something else? Or what might go wrong in the scenario, right, for the solution or the idea? So I think it's super important to be okay with asking questions. And then also, if you are a leader or in a leadership role, you have to create an environment in which you're allowing and you're encouraging creativity and you're also encouraging people to ask questions and to share ideas, even if it's not their project or their baby. All right, next up. What you need to do is, um, and this is somewhat like the first cost noticing thing, but awareness. Are you aware of, you know, one, what you're trying to solve for, but then two, what is, what's going on around you, but then also who do you have at the table, right? So the other thing we say is, be aware that if everybody that's working on the solution has the same background, often you're going to miss something. You might not have divergent thinking. So then we bring other perspectives in to the process. Now, if it's just you and you own your own company or you're starting out, then maybe you ask a friend, you, you kind of share the idea with your spouse or whatever it might be, maybe in a group you're in, get their feedback. But if you work with a group of people, then get different perspectives, people that have different experiences or job duties, because we're all going to come to it, come to that um, conversation when we're trying to problem solve. We're going to come to it with a different perspective. And often that's when the best thinking happens. Okay. And then it's really that, I guess that falls under collaboration, but it's also being aware if you are, there's too many people that are looking at it from the same perspective. All right. And then the other, the next thing, be open-minded, okay? When we're open-minded to something, it allows us to come up with lots of solutions and not be so worried about if it's the right solution. So, you know, what you don't want to do is either close off your own ideas or if you have a group of people. So you have to be open-minded. That's sort of like the capture all the ideas or like a brain dump, right? Or a brainstorm. Bring it all down and don't even worry if at first the idea doesn't seem connected or it's not obvious to you because 
I think the best kind of ideas are actually when you figure out how different things, disparate things can come together in a unique way. Okay, that's how we generate alternatives to maybe the first solution we came up with or the first idea or a, a better idea. And so it's just so important. And what does divergent thinking do for us? It allows more creative ideas to be birthed. It allows us to come up with things we would never have come up with before if we're not opened to this more spontaneous free flow of ideas. And we can all just be open instead of trying to shut down the conversation or shut down the ideas if it doesn't make sense to us right off the bat. So this is such an important topic. And in so many cases, the way that the world has changed and new inventions have come about or improvements, right, in things have been through this divergent thinking. And this doesn't mean that there's not a place for convergent thinking. There is, right? I mean, we do sometimes have to go through a process. For instance, scientific method, it is very much that convergent thinking, right? We have to follow a process. We have a hypothesis, and then we follow a specific process, right? Specific steps so that it's documented, so that we can see what did we do different. But then from that convergent thinking, if they are going to test a new hypothesis, then that's when it starts diverging, right? But once again, they have to document and follow certain steps because that's the protocol. It doesn't mean in other cases they're not going to try bringing this together and that together. For instance, when you're, if you garden or farm, they have hybrid plants. Well, you know, it's a little like that in the sense of um, you could obviously try having two plants come together to make a new hybrid of a plant or two types of plants uh, or have different qualities of the plants, um, plant qualities. So, that would be where we might have a process, right, for making these plants have these hybrid qualities, but it, we still are diverging by using two different plant types, if that makes sense, or species. So that is what we're talking about. But I promise the best ideas come to us when we're open-minded, when we think of something we're trying to solve for, and sometimes let it sit there. You know, give it time to simmer and let your thoughts kind of work on it. You know, there's some people that say, you know, they think of the problem they're trying to solve before they go to bed. And when they wake up in the morning, they have come up with a solution because their mind's working on that problem. So that is something that's super important as well. So you might say, how is this relevant? Maybe this seems a little bit out of thin air for you, for me to cover. But it's because what do I keep coming back to in my business? What do I keep coming back to? For one of the ways that I help people. So whether that's through my podcasting or business mentoring, or it's through the company that I have that I founded with my mom, Ziggity Zoom, that was always about sparking creativity and imagination. But that that's in a family setting. But it's because this theme of creativity, this theme of wonder, this theme of curiosity, they are literally the threads that make magic happen in the world. Right? I mean, if we can't tap into that, then we're missing the true essence of how humans were designed. We were designed to create. We were designed to, um, you know, just make beautiful things, truly. And so it's just so important. And I think it's a topic I continue to come back to that I want to talk about, that I want to share. And actually, in September, mid to late September, I'm actually launching a 
workshop series called Creative Detours, and I'll have a workbook, eventually a book that goes with that. But I'm super excited. If that's of interest to you, go to the website, and in about a week, I will have even more information about that project if you're interested in joining me. So until then, I hope you find time to be a creative problem solver, to be more divergent in your thinking, and to really allow curiosity to uh, enter your thoughts and into your enter your world so that you can be a first-class minister and you can find creative ideas and solutions in your life. Thanks again for joining me. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you shared it with a friend. And if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, it helps the show get discovered by more people so that we can tap into more people's creative genius. Until next time, have a great week. And we hope that you'll keep tapping into your creativity every day.